our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Well, as promised, uh, we're going to continue this conversation, and we had such a great time in in Las Vegas. We always do when we're with always. Logan. She is a blast. You don't know what's coming next. No. She's going to make you laugh, probably throw you for a curveball, you know, here or there. But one of the true, true truth tellers, mm-hmm. you know, of our time in a, in an era that media has gotten watered down with uh, sports media, regular journalists has gotten watered down mm-hmm. with podcasts and and speculation, and there's more people doing less real journalism yes. than ever before. She's one of the true voices uh, out there. And so we're going to continue that conversation as promised. Uh, and we're going to dive into this new docu-series that just dropped today with one and only Laura Logan. Yay! Thank you. I, 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 I guess I wanted to say water down with clowns like us that, you know, can just buy a mic and start start talking. But that really is the point. You know, it's a little bit like music where, you know, you used to have to go to a recording studio to record something mm-hmm. and do all this. And now any kid with a, a, a laptop has a better, you know, mechanism than the Beatles or Elvis ever had, you know, at any point. And that's good in some ways and bad in some ways because it gets more people into the game. But it also sort of waters down things to the, some of the art. to the point and you lose mm-hmm. some of the professionalism of, you know, the actual work, you know, the journalism that you do. Yes. I mean, it's a great thing that Tucker Carlson can be taken off Eric Fox and can move on to Twitter and have millions and millions and millions of followers. Right. And fortunately, he's a pro and he has the infrastructure and everything in place and he can still make it look professional. You know, and it is a great thing that that uh, people like yourselves, right, can become journalists and grow an audience because I think you've done something really important uh, for this country and, and for so many people. But it's when people think that that is a substitute for everything mm-hmm. else. Right. And that's kind of why I'm fighting for uh, scripted investigative um, content, you know, like, like in this show, it's much more expensive. It's easier for people. Look at Glenn Beck. He's got a studio. He, he's an amazing guy. He makes fortunes of money doing what he does. And he's really, really good at it. But he'd be the first person to say, I don't do that. Right. And I think that's really important. And I love that you do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we are. I'm fighting to keep doing this. Fortunately, I have a strong partner in that in Ben Swan from Truth and Media because he's really made it all happen uh, financially. I've got my hands full editorially and I'm just so grateful that as a real journalist, Ben is a real journalist and he respects that and he knows what it's worth and so he's kept this all afloat but really the credit there belongs to him because I've had, I mean, I've had uh, no part in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful that he's one of the few people that is willing to go out on a limb and make it happen. 
It's really important. Um, tonight, actually, the first of the docuseries came out, the rest of the story. Um, we're going to play the trailer for it, but can you kind of set it up? Tell us a little bit about uh, this and how it got started. I got a call from Jake Lang, uh, who is a January 6th prisoner who's behind bars. He's been there a long time, years now, without trial. And Jake said, you know, hey, uh, have you heard of the story of Roseanne Boylan? And it was crazy because I had only a short time before that watched a documentary that Jake's company made. And that's where I learned for the first time about Roseanne Boylan because he was right there on the steps. He, he pulled a guy next to her to safety and helped to try to save Roseanne. And um, when I watched that in the documentary, I was shocked that I did not know the story of Roseanne Boylan. And I thought to myself, this is, this is what I do, right? I, I really want, if I don't know this name, then there's other people out there yeah. and everybody should know her name and what happened to her. Mm. And I thought I would, I would give anything to tell her story. And then Jake called me from prison and said, would you tell this story? And I was like, wow, okay, so God really wants me wow. to do this. And, um, and then I mentioned it to Ben because we'd been talking about doing work together. And he said, yes, I want to do it, but let's do, let's do more. Mm -hmm. And so that's how this became um, the 20-minute weekly series. And it was, but it was really inspired by Roseanne Boyland. And my, I felt guilty that I didn't know. And I felt guilty that I, as a journalist, have not done enough to bring the truth about January 6th um, into the public, you know, consciousness. Um, because there's only a very negative, very distorted mm -hmm. narrative that's out there. And one of the things that bothered me was how, Nobody tells you the stories of the people. We really don't know who people from all over America found their way to Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. that day. Do you know what's incredible? How many of them had never, ever seen the Capitol before? Mm -hmm. Wow. You know that? No. People had never seen the Capitol in their own country. There are people growing up all over this country who have never been to Washington, D.C. They've never seen the White House. And they wanted to be there. And they didn't go there to overthrow the government. They didn't go there to cause violence. They, uh, they went there to exercise their First Amendment rights and stand up as Americans and stand up uh, for, you know, the principle of free and fair elections because they believed that there were issues. Some believed the election was stolen. Others believed that, that you know, there was enough out there that it needed to be examined. Mm -hmm. And I just, I loved traveling to these different places and, um, and come coming to know uh, these people. And then I realized, wow, there really is a black hole of a January 6th. Nobody knows and understands who these people were and why they made that journey. So that's part of what we've done. They, so they, have, they have in so many cases been turned into just a caricature of real people. And, and, and it almost presented as if their whole life is summed up in them standing there in a coat and a MAGA hat on this one day like that, no more than like if you grab some Buffalo Bills fan that's there, you know, with, you know, on a cold day cheering, mm -hmm. like he might be an accountant on Monday. Like no, nobody's life is summed up by a screenshot of them in one moment. And and they've painted a million people with, with a, a brushstroke of one. And I, I think what you've done is taken that, that, that broad brushstroke and you've plucked those people out one at a time and, and presented them like, no, here's a real person with a name mm -hmm. and a very complex history, just like you watching, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. We all deserve the dignity 
of of the complexness that makes us up are our views. And I, I I love the way that you've told this story. I'd love to play the trailer that will come out of that and and have you kind of give us a, a little more breakdown of where this series is going. You've learned a lot more about January 6th. You talked to hundreds of defendants. What have you learned? Well, first I've learned about pain. I believe in my nephew. I am proud of him. He was just larger than life. We wanted to come and kind of just share what really happened today. He had never been in trouble before in his life. So this was just so overwhelming. I was sitting in my home and I got a call from his uncle. What did he say? They robbed him of his hope, his will to live. They took his fight away from him. They broke him. They completely broke him and they broke his heart. It's hard to find the truth these days and it's needed now more than ever. We've traveled the country to bring you honest, accurate reporting. Bottom line, Laura, if they didn't want people going to the Capitol, they didn't want people even getting close to the Capitol, it never would have happened. It happened because they wanted it to happen. No one was stopping you. This is the government we're talking about, okay? Like they have like nukes and F-15s. They can do whatever they want to stop average people like me. 34-year-old Roseanne Boylan was one of four people killed. This was a woman who got pushed down, smothered, trampled, and then beaten. Had this been covered at all by anyone else in the media? No. They named me as one of the insurrectionists that was preventing the cops from rescuing her. Was that true? Absolutely not. This crutch was right at my feet, and I put it above my head, and I said, in the name of Jesus, Lord, please stop this. Jeremy was at the Capitol providing security. I mean, he's quite literally the poster boy for the special forces. When you were arrested, they never sat you down and said, is this yours? No, because they're the same officers that recruited me on December 9th of 2020. From Department of Homeland Security. The same two guys. These people are hiding all of this information, and judges have let them get away with that. You could be here forever. I will be here as long as the American people leave me here. I'm Laura Logan with the rest of the story. Join us. Wow, that premieres tonight. Wow, that is powerful. What, how does that make you feel to watch that? I love to watch it because I remember every one of those moments. And uh, I'm just constantly reminded of so many things. You know, I see Philip Anderson there. He's the, the, um, the black guy sitting and saying that if they, they wanted this to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, right, you know, Philip Anderson put out on his uh, Twitter account that he was part of this series. And the very next day he was arrested. Wow. You know, he just posted about that. And so here you have a guy who's been through unbelievable trauma, who for a long time after January 6th, because he nearly died on those steps, um, you know, he was extremely traumatized. And um, and yet he's still standing up, you know. And what you discover when you look into Philip Anderson is, wait a minute, here's one thing I learned. I learned why Trump supporters on January 6th were yelling, about Antifa, because they had seen Antifa Mm -hmm. at their rallies for the last four years. So they were very familiar with the tactics. And then you get, you know, you find that a guy like Philip has single-handedly in Portland, you know, where you've got one of the strongest presences of this anarchist movement, and he's standing up, we've got video of him standing up there saying, no, you're not going to 
burn this building down. You're not getting past me. And there's, I mean, countless numbers of these guys and they're violent and they're coming at him and he's just standing his ground, you know, and, and that's how you discover, wow, here's this guy who grew up with very little, you know, I mean, he doesn't have any connections. He's not, he's not well situated in society. He's not rich. He's got, he's got nothing, but he's got, you know, he knows the difference between right and wrong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he's got principles and he's got integrity and he's got courage and he is going to stand up and nobody's going to push him around. And you're like, that's quite, uh, that's incredible. You know, then mm -hmm. I go to another place in Northern Minnesota and I meet the James family and, you know, I didn't meet the mother, but this poor woman, her husband and three of her sons are all going to go to prison. You know, and, and her oldest son is, is black and her two youngest sons are white, you know? And so here's a family we're told that Donald Trump, I don't care about race, but why am I mentioning this? Cause we're told Donald Trump is the great racist mm -hmm. right? every day, but here you have a family, you know, that couldn't be more integrated or mixed or whatever you want to call it in their lives. They don't care. They don't care about black and white. They're a family and they went to the Capitol together. And, you know, all, Aaron, I mean, Aaron James was a Navy corpsman, which is a medic. He put kids together on the back together on the battlefield wow. after they were blown to pieces. He served his country. And when he saw Roseanne Boyland was dying and there were people trying to save her and they were being gassed by police at the same time, he took his, one of his brothers and he said, take this. And he picked up a police shield he found on the ground and held it up to shield those people who were trying to save Roseanne Boylan's life. And for that, he's facing charges of assault, assaulting wow. a police officer. You should be ashamed of yourselves. The people in the Department of Justice who bring these charges, the judges that hear these cases and put people in prison for, for doing nothing but trying to save someone's life. They didn't threaten anyone. They didn't hurt anyone. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Man, I can say this: um, if if you if, if you have a pulse at all and you watch episode one, oh my goodness, uh, you're gonna have a lot of feeling, mm -hmm. you have a lot of emotion because it's again it sort of tears off that mask and it humanizes these individuals. They're mm -hmm. complex. You know, you take somebody that oh he's just in a sweatshirt and he's walking in the Capitol. No, this is a young man who liked to to run in the rain barefooted. Mm -hmm. You know, we're complex people, and we all are. Every Ultra single marathon, David. Yes. He didn't just run from here to there. He ran 15 kilometer ultra marathons, you know, in barefoot. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I, one of the reasons that I was so mm. struck by that when, when his friend, when Matthew Pern, his friend Marcus told us about that was that, you know, people have this sense that, well, if you committed suicide, you're kind of weak, right? I mean, there's a lot of people in prison for January 6th. They haven't killed themselves. Why is this guy killing himself? So there's a little bit of that going on. And as I learned about Matthew Perna, I found out that, wow, this guy, I mean, this guy was a Bernie Sanders fan before Trump. Mm -hmm. Okay. This guy lived all over the world. And not just, he didn't just go to Paris and London. He lived in South Korea. You know, he, he was fluent in Thai. He had mastered Korean. I mean, a lot of people travel and they don't have the ability right. to learn those languages. Yep. He graduated cum laude from Penn State. You know, I mean, he was, he came home to nurse his parents. 
um, his mom had leukemia and then later his father got Parkinson's. He was the guy keeping his father going and he got into alternative health treatments when he was trying to save his mother. And so he, 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 and he, uh, started selling these water filtration machines online that you need, right? Well, that people who want uh, their water to be alkaline, that they use these machines. And Matthew believed that this was really important for cancer patients and other people who were seriously ill. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the people who called him couldn't afford to buy the machines. So Matt was constantly sourcing plastic containers and he was filtering the water himself. Oh, wow. And then he would deliver it to these people. He would drive in his car and go and deliver it to people he had never even met. You know, and so we have this idea in our head that everybody that went, well, we're told to have this idea mm -hmm. where this is the narrative is that everyone that went that there that day, they're, they're evil people there. If you go back to 2016, they're the basket of deplorables, right? Mm -hmm. They're exactly what Hillary Clinton told us. They're the, they're the homophobes and the misogynists and the racists and the Islamophobes and, you know, all the other labels that they came up with. And they, they pretended at the time, this is an information warfare technique, that they didn't mean it. Oh, Hillary went too far because it was an outcry. But actually what she was doing was pushing the needle exactly where they wanted it, right? Because mm -hmm. all they have done ever since then is paint anyone who uh, supported Donald Trump or who doesn't submit or who doesn't go along with the narrative, you're always painted as a racist and a homophobe and an Islamophobe. And so actually they set in place the narrative they wanted, right? When they get mm -hmm. resistance, they hold the ground. They never go back, right? They don't mm -hmm. undo it. Right. And then they... And then they wait it out. They wait for the resistance to fade. Then they push it more and they push it more and they push it more. And they pushed it all the way, you know, to where we are today, right? Where they're putting American citizens behind bars in solitary confinement sometimes for misdemeanor charges. Misdemeanor charges that are nonviolent that really in, historically would have just gotten a slap mm -hmm. on the wrist. Yeah, have you ever seen that before? In, in all your years of reporting. They have in D.C. Well, you know, um, America is very proud of its tradition of civil disobedience and the right uh, to protest. And uh, people were very quick to defend that during, um, you know, the riots and protests that followed the death of George Floyd. They don't like you to point out that, you know, 60 Secret Service members were wounded when these peaceful protesters attacked uh, the barricades and, and, um, and security Secret Service officers protecting the White House. You know, they, they're very protective of the right to protest as long as you're not protesting anything that's got to do uh, with uh, conservatism or Trump or the Republic or yeah. the Constitution mm -hmm. and so on and so on, right? Take a knee and shut up when we tell you. Mm -hmm. Well, like I say, your voice has never been more needed. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I got to, you know, I, I love the conversations with you, but I also like want to zoom up to like 50,000 feet sometimes. And, and as, as frustrated as I get, I, I do feel like, man, God has prepared the right people at the right time to be in the right place with, with the ability to do the right thing. And you are certainly one of those people mm -hmm. that is so needed right now. And not, not just over the last few two decades of you telling the truth and doing the right thing and all over the world. But right now, you know, and every Thursday for the next several weeks, 
the truth is going to come out mm-hmm. in a beautiful, well-crafted story that I would say is the 60 minutes kind of caliber of journalism and storytelling that that's graphically beautiful. It's well-written. It tells a story. It, yep. it, 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 it changes your perspective on things because you see all sides of it in a way that people hadn't before. And I, I thank you for that. I thank you for having the skill to do it and the courage to do it now because it's not easy. No, it's not. And, you know, we have a very small team. Ben is really the the backbone and the support, especially financially. But he just, you know, he just lets us do it. Right. And so no one is um, no one is telling us what to do or what to say. There's no one looking over our shoulders. And um, and we really have been working uh, around the clock and through the night. You know, uh, there's only there's only three uh, more on this project and two other producers three and a writer um, wow. backing us up who's there, you know, to make sure that we don't mess anything up and don't get anything wrong um, and ask the, the difficult questions and push us. Right. And I wanted to have somebody like that. That's it. You know, that's, that's all we have. And so um, I am just, I'm very grateful that I'm surrounded by people I can trust people I respect who um, are willing to give everything they've got to get these stories out. So to watch the docuseries, you can go to truth underscore in media on Twitter. Again, it's truth underscore in media. You can see the documentary there. It came out today, September the 14th. Um, So I just have one question for you uh, as we close out. David may have another, but my last question I have for you, Lauren, is as you have been talking to all of these people, I, you know, we've, we've, Heard from people over the years, they feel really bad about what's happened to these people uh, in jail, people that are now gone to trial uh, for January 6th, but they're like, I don't know what to do. And one of the comments uh, there at the end was, I'll be in here as long as the American people allow me to be in here. What can Americans do to make leave me here? Leave me here. There you go. Thank you. Yes. Leave me here. What, What can Americans do? Well... You know, I don't like to tell people what to do because I feel like you need to be motivated by your conscience and your principles, and you need to figure out what it is that you need to do. It's not that hard. I mean, you know, it's you don't need me to tell you that you can pressure your leaders, either locally or nationally, to do something about this. If, if people in Congress think that no one is paying attention or no one is outraged enough to do anything about it. They're not going to do anything about it. We know that. You know, if the if the judges hear nothing from Americans, they're they're just going to keep throwing people behind bars, some of whom like Ryan Zink didn't even go into the Capitol, made some bravado kind of posts, you know, about it on social media, sort of acting as if he did, but didn't actually do it. Well, you would think that would come out in a court of law. No, he just got sentenced for something, you know, that he didn't even do. There's no evidence of him doing it. None. Except, you know, these posts where he's talking as if he did. And and yet he goes to prison for that? Are you kidding me? So if you just stay silent, then the judges don't feel any pressure. Mm. The congressional leaders don't feel any pressure. The people crafting these false narratives, they don't feel any pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not going to tell people, you need to, you know, call your congressman or you need to write a letter. I'm going to tell you that it's up to you what you figure out you're going to do, right? But you can't stand on the riverbank watching America drown and say, isn't it terrible? When is someone going to save her? Wow. Right? Is, when is wow. somebody going to do something? 
It's, um, and there, you know, there are organizations like Condemned USA, Trina Sevens, that um, are providing legal services to hundreds of January 6th defendants. Trina has bankrupt himself doing that. He wasn't a rich man to start with. He wasn't the poorest. But everything that he and his family have, they've given to this. And he can barely raise, he's scraping pennies together here and there. Why? Why? You know, what is it you think your money is going to, protect you from, right? Like wow. when, when the, this country is going up in flames and you somehow think that if you hold on to everything you've got, that's going to be enough to protect you. It's not. Okay. So people like Trennis Evans should not have um, to struggle the way that they're struggling. Philip Anderson, he just started a Give, Send, Go account for his legal defense. You know, think about this. You've got tons of January 6th defendants who are represented by... Um, Attorneys given to them by the state, okay, public prosecutors. Now, a lot of public prosecutors are Democrats, you know, and that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they can't do a proper defense, but it certainly means that a lot of them don't have any sympathy for the people they're representing. And how does that impact their case, right? You're being mm -hmm. tried in Washington, D.C. by juries that are overwhelmingly Democrat, sometimes completely Democrat, by judges who are on the record saying unbelievable things um, in, in court on the record and who have already ruled that this is, you know, a, an insurrection, and um, which is not even vaguely true. And yet we expect that people going in front of those same judges are going to get a fair trial. Like, how did that work? Right. So what is the thing that bothers you? Are you a lawyer? You know, I mean, you, you have to see by now that the, the Bar Association is coming after lawyers who dare oh, to yeah. take these kind of cases. You can see um, with the Georgia indictments, it's clear as day. Well, I already knew what people already knew is that there, if you're an attorney and you dare to take a case like this, you know, God help you. We're coming mm -hmm. for you, right? So, I mean, what does that tell you? It should tell you if you're a corporation and you don't want to fly a, a, a pride flag, you know, or come up with pride mer merchandise, what are your chances of surviving as a company? You know, mm -hmm. because you've allowed it to happen. You know, one way or another, one excuse or another, you've allowed it to happen on your watch. So now we have the governor of New Mexico declaring gun owners, uh, right. you know, making them criminals, yeah. right? Taking away their part of their Second Amendment rights by saying, we're, we're just, you know, in the name of a health emergency, we are suspending the Second Amendment for 30 days. Well, you know, that happened because the Obama administration, um, the CDC during that time, they declared the gun violence an epidemic. They made it a public health issue. Well, we should have stood up then. Yep. We should have stood up then and said, no, this is not a disease. What are you doing? But now they have the right to use public health as an excuse to suspend the Second Amendment. And where are the protests? Where are they? Mm -hmm. Where's the NRA? The NRA is a joke. You know, the NRA ate itself alive with the help um, of people who wanted to make sure they knew that if they tried to take out the NRA it would be too obvious and people would stand up. But instead, they let the NRA eat itself from uh, within, and they used, you know, outside influence to help make that happen. And they took the heart and soul out of that organization, right? That's yes. what happened.
And so, so it's not up to me to say you need to do this or you need to do that. It's very obvious. There's always organizations that are, are working with people in this situation. If, if you have money, you want to help them, you can do that. You know, if you, um, if you're a lawyer or a retired lawyer and you want to help, you know, you can be a consultant, you can advise cases. I mean, there's so many things that people can do, but what I would say is that it starts with speaking up. Mm-hmm. Stop being silent. Yeah. Stop being silent at the dinner table. Stop being silent in the office. Stop, you know, hiding the fact. I went to an event in Washington, D.C. years ago, and people were coming up to me whispering in my ear, I love you on Fox. Oh, oh wow. wow. Great. But you don't dare say that aloud. So that's, you know, if that changes, if people stop doing that, stop pandering to those who want to silence you. You know, do Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you can do in your life. If all that you do is take yourself off Facebook, because Facebook was instrumental in stealing that election in 2020 from the American people, and they're they're instrumental in censoring people. If that's all you do, then at least you did something. You know, if you stopped Mm -hmm. shopping at Target, at least you did something. But find out what you're passionate about and figure it out. That's so good. That's good. You should be a like a you should be like a a coach or something. I feel like running through the wall. I'm like <laughs> I'm thinking like ten more things I could be doing right now. I'm like yes, <laughs> let's so, do it. So thank you, thank you for that. We're gonna we're gonna end tonight's episode a little bit later with uh, your on stage speech in Las Vegas uh, at the Reawaken oh, America oh. event. And uh, so good, uh, I, I, guys, buckle up, Flyover family, because you, we haven't even gotten started with what's going to come out of this woman today. So, Laura, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, Laura. Thank you both. I appreciate you so much as well. Two of my favorite people. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Wow. That is so good. Powerful words from Ronald yes. Reagan. You, you see the, that quote a lot in memes and things on Facebook, but to hear him lay that out and deliver that whole speech is really powerful. We wanted to work it into, into that piece because we need to be aware mm-hmm. of what, what, what time it is right now in a time in, in human history, a time in your own personal history. There's, yep. there's, there's times you can be like, oh, I need to get to that at a, at some time you may want to, you know, see a game at Yankee Stadium or something. There's like things, you know, oh, I'd like to do this, you know, in my life. And, and there's always time for that. When when it comes to saving our country, there's not a future time for that. This is mm-hmm. that time. We're we're at we're at that time right now. You know, I had a conversation the other day with uh David Ike. Uh it'd be a conspiracy conversation coming out this next Saturday. And we and we talked about, you know, um with 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 tyrants in charge and having their hands on the levers of power, um, if we don't stand up now, the kind of rule that comes next 
mm-hmm. you don't have the ability to stand up. Mm-hmm. They, they, you don't stand up and protest in China with the CCP. We have the ability to have better ideas, to have better conversations, to be more equipped to go home and make a difference. The Reawaken America events help you do just mm-hmm. that. We uh, the example I used with David Ike is uh, when our our daughter, uh, you know, we, we're having conversations with her as she's getting into high school and college and moving on and stuff. We said, if you're ever a- alone or somebody comes to try to abduct you or grab you at the mall parking lot or they put a gun to you and say, hey, get in this car, you know, and don't they, do it. Don't do it because mm-hmm. whatever they would. You'd be fearful of them doing in the mall parking lot will be far worse. You get in a car and go mm-hmm. somewhere else. You have the most, it's not a good position to be in, but you have the most leverage early. Mm-hmm. You have less leverage later when their control goes up. That's the situation mm-hmm. we're in right now as a country. And if we don't come together and take action on better ideas right now, there's not an option later mm-hmm. when, when they have that kind of totalitarian role where your voice has been completely silenced. It's not a matter of, well, we can't have hate speech. Yep. They can't have your speech. Mm-hmm. All speech they hate is gone. Um, uh, the, the Second Amendment rights already in New Mexico mm-hmm. under attack. Leo Lord has talked about that in that last piece. We have to show up at mm-hmm. these events. If not this one, then something else. I just don't know anywhere else. We have the best military minds, the best medical minds, the best in in uh, you know media, church leaders, all that mm-hmm. put together in one place and have a blast doing it, but don't get it twisted. You're going to be there to get better ideas and then go home and put them to action. Yep. That is the thing that's moving the needle in our country right now more than anything mm-hmm. else. And we would love to have you come hang out with us in Miami. We'd love to have you come hang out with us in uh, Los- California, in California yep. at any of these future events. So if you just text 918-851-0102, text the word flyover, that will get you in the queue for tickets so that you can come. You can name your own price. We would love to see you there. And it also puts you in a drawing for a backstage pass. So 918-851-0102. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.